We are in Sefer Malachim Beis, Perik Yud Dalet, Pasuk Yud Aleph, Velo Shema Amatsya. So, uh, before I begin, let me just uh, dedicate the shear for a complete Shlema to Rev. Rafael uh, Yosef Ben Rachel. And again, something I've neglected in the last bit is to reiterate uh, the tremendous gratitude we have for the support and encouragement of the Gvura Shul for our Shiurim. So you will recall we left the situation with uh, Yehoash is king of Israel, Amatzyahu is king of Yehuda, and Amatzyahu has just scored a miraculous victory over Edom. Edom traditionally uh, belonged to Eretz Yisrael, to the Judea, since the days of David, but had rebelled. He now conquers it back again. And so perhaps, not perhaps, it's obvious, puffed up with his victory, which we know was miraculous in the sense that the Kaddish Baruch Hu played a major role in it, but he is so puffed up with it that he challenges the king of Israel, Yehoash, to war. He wants to go out to war. His ultimate dream is the reunification of Israel with Judea, with him as the sole monarch. So Yehoash contemptuously dismisses this offer to go to war. Because uh, first of all, Israel is much bigger. It's a bigger population. It's a bigger army. And so he says to him, you know, you are like, he uses the metaphor, you are like a thorn bush in Lebanon challenging the mighty cedars uh, in Lebanon. Forget this. Hakehikisa um, es Edom. He says, yes, you've beaten Edom. Your heart is swelled with pride. Uh, think it over. Sit in your house. What are you doing? Why are you going to encourage this kind of uh, disaster? You will fall with Judea and you as well. And so thus he tells Amatio, and that's where we're going to pick it up in your olive. The low Shema Amatio. Amatio wants to hear none of this. And so Yehoash goes up, king of Israel, by Yisroel upon him, that means they meet face to face, and that means war. He goes to Beit Shemesh, which is in Judea, which we know would be the first tactical error any general would not make, and that is to encourage the enemy to come onto your land. Achelah Yehuda, that's what it says, B'veit Shemesh belongs to Yehuda. Why is uh, Yehoash bringing his army into Yehuda? Obviously, he feels very confident, Melech Yehuda, about his chances. And they are defeated. They are routed, Yehuda. Each man flees in, in ignominy back to his tents. 
the king of Yehuda, Ben of Israel, Melech Israel conquers him and now the victorious army of Israel goes to Jerusalem by Yifrot's Bechomat Yerushalayim Bishar Ephraim Ashar Hapina Arba Meos Amo. They go to Jerusalem and they breach the wall. Um, the Mephoshim show that this is a usual sign of the times. In other words, a conquering army chooses not to go into the open doors of the town they've conquered. They're going to exaggerate their power by smashing the wall. And that's what they do, and it is a pretty significant breach at 400 Amos. Now what they do is inexplicable, the marauding army of Israel. They take all the gold and the silver, all the utensils that are in the base because they are looting the base Hamikdash. They're part of the nation. They're, of course, a separate, they're the ten tribes, but they are going to loot the sanctity of the base Hamikdash. It's inexplicable. Uva Otsros Beis Hamela and the treasuries of the king, the Esbenei Hataruvos. We've had this at the Bnei Hataruvos. Let me ask you a question, Hilly. Did they consider themselves at this point, and how many years had it been since uh, the first king of Israel? And do they still consider themselves, even if they consider themselves somewhat related, do they consider themselves separate? They, of course, they must consider themselves separate, but still, the Beis Hamikdash, they saw was as a unifying symbol, they the sanctity of it, etc. They were all supposedly God-fearing Jews, that they would go and loot the temple is just, you don't understand. But, but no one from Israel has actually gone to, uh, gone to the temple, taken sacrifices to the temple in... That's, in, in that's generations. Not, in all fairness, that's not accurate. We see that in the years where there was peace and there was times like, in, you know, there was total harmony when they were related, Achos, daughter, married, this one. There was a traversal between Israel and Judah. It was more than you think. Even the mention the gate of the gate of Ephraim there, where he breaches it, that was so Ephraim could come in. So there was. They, had a, they still had the shared... History of Moshe, of right. of, of, of uh, Matan Torah, all that was still the same, and, and a shared religion. Right. It's, it's it's strange, and they take the Bnei Hatarovas. We've had this before. It's a very interesting concept of the times there. That when the conquering army won, they would take as hostages the sons of the noblemen, the military, the ruling class and bring them back to their land as hostages, but they were very um, privileged hostages. They lived in the palace, but it was a warning. Don't start another rebellion. Don't start another war. They were called the Bnei Hatarovos, and so they are taken here. By Yoshev Shemrona, they are taken back to Shoma. And as the rest, you want to know more about Yehoash, Melech Yisrael, Vasher Nilcham, Imatsyo, Melech Yehuda, and his battle 
with Amatsyahu, King of Yehuda, Halohim Suvim al Sefer Dvarim Hayomim Lamacha Yisrael. They are written in Jibrei Hayomim. Now, apparently, Yehoash, soon after this victory, dies. By Yishkab Yehoashim Avosah, by Yikaver, by Shomron, he's buried in Shomron, in Malchei Yisrael, by Yimloch Yeroboam Beno Tafto. And now his son Yeroboam rules in his stead. Yeroboam will be the fourth king in that promised dynasty to Yehu. Yehu got rid of Ahav and Izebel, who cleansed the land of the Baal. Is promised the next three kings will be of his progeny. And so Yeroboam is the fourth one. Why they name him Yeroboam, we don't understand, but they do that. Hamatsya, the defeated king of Jerusalem, survives after Yahashmelech Yisrael, Chamesha 15 years beyond him. Um, one of the things we should point out, and one of the reasons the Mephoshim ascribes to the tremendous defeat visited upon uh, Amatsya and Yehuda is that in Edom, in the Edom War, they took back with them all the idols of Avodah Zorah of Edom, not to destroy them or to confiscate them, on the contrary, to consult with them, to integrate them. So that's why they have lost so grievously and that's why they are going to be punished because what they did in Edom. So, the Yesed Yivrei Amatsyo, and if you want more on Amatsyo, Hello, Hein Kosmim, Al Sefer Yivrei Hayomim, Lemacha Yehuda. Now, like his father Yehoash, who started out so promisingly and then did terrible things, his own people will rebel against Amatsyo before he dies. We'll see. Your test. By Yekashu Allah, Keshep Yerushalayim, there is a conspiracy in Yerushalayim against it. By Yonos Lachisha, and he escapes to Lachish. Remember, he has 15 years left to his reign. By Yishlachu Acharav Lachisha, by Yomusu Shama. And according to this shot, they pursue him to Lachish, where they kill him. He dies an ignominious death, Amatsyo, but other Maporshim are not so sure. Some say he lives in Lachish as a house prisoner for 15 years. Some say he's even returned from Lachish to Yerushalayim where he his reign. It's a momentary thing, but in either case, he survives another 15 years. The popular consensus is as a prisoner in Lachish, where he is then assassinated. By notwithstanding this ignominious end, he gets a total state funeral. They carry him with a cortege of horses from Lachish, he gets a full state funeral. They now select Amatsyahu's son Azarya. And he rules in the stead of his father, Amatsyo. 
He built the city of a lot, you will recall, a lot was somewhere not sure, was it in the original Nahala of the tribes? Some said King David and King Solomon conquered it. It's part of Judea and never built, although Solomon did have sort of a maritime empire stationed around the, uh, the Red Sea there, uh, or the Gulf of Aqaba, rather. He restores a lot, etc. So now, Bishnas Chameshis Rishon Allah Matzyahu ben Yehosh Melech Yehuda Malach Yerubam is Yerubam ben Yehosh Melech Yisrael Bishomron Arboim Vachashana Yehosh is to rule in I'm sorry Yerubam of son of Yehosh will rule for forty one years in Shomron. Now Yerubam, we have seen that most of the kings start off with Vayas. They start with, you know, they start righteously. They Then comes the rock, only the bummos they didn't bring, and then they descend into a life of Avodah Zorah. Here with the Yerubah, the Navi makes no pretenses. He doesn't start good at all. Vayas harad Hashem, from the beginning. Losar mikol chataos Yerubah ben Nevat, he doesn't deviate from a single hate that his ancestor Yerubam did in Israel. Now, if you want to see what's almost a schizophrenia of these kings, that as they're sinning and as they're rebelling and as they're worshiping idols, they suddenly do gestures or actions that do not comport with the evil malevolence of their of their souls. So here, Yerubam, after roundly criticizing him, who heshiv es gvul Yisrael milavo chamas ad yom ha'aravo. Kidvar Hashem alokei Yisrael, asher giver biyad abdo, yonav en amitai hanavi, asher migat chayver. What he did, he conquers land, that were the old borders of Yisrael, from Yoshua ben Nun. Some of the Mephoshim say he goes beyond Yoshua ben Nun, conquering new areas that were never brought under dominion of B'nai Yisrael. Milavoch from Hamas, Adyom Adyom would be the Dead Sea, according to the word of the Kodesh Baruch who spoke to him through Yonah the Navi, from Migat HaChefer. And what does he do? He returns those lands that belong to B'nai Yisrael. He returns it to them. He gives it back in a just a magnificent gesture of harmony. Ki Hashem esani Yisrael morem ha'ol ve'efes ha'tzur ve'efes ha'zub ve'ein ozer Yisrael. Why does he do this? Because as we've seen the Kaddish Baruch just takes such pity on Yisrael um, that um, the whole nation, that because of their sins, because there's nothing to redeem them, they are going to be extinct. It's a question of time. And he's promised Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov covenantally, he will not allow it. So he will save them time after time, not on their merit at all. They don't have a shred of merit. He is going to save them because he promised to save them. 
They don't have a, you know, a decent God-fearing bone in their body. He will not erase, he will not allow it to be erased from existence. And so what he does through Yeruvam, giving them back territory, giving them back a commercial footing, he is achieving that at least they will survive. That he gives back Damesek and Hamas to Yehuda by Israel. And so now it's written in Divrei Hayamin. By Yashkev, Yerubam, Imamosav, Yerubam dies on the smaller Imamche Israel, the Yimloch, Zechariah, Beno, Tachta, and Zechariah, his son, will now rule in his stead. And just when you think you've seen everything, tomorrow we will see a king of Yehuda who will rule for 51 years who by history's judgment is not bad, is fairly righteous, but because of a momentary, almost a second of arrogance, is stricken with leprosy and will rule most of those 51 years as a leper. 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, Adkan.